Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi. I've admit, Molly's right-hand gal and soon-to-be monster. Oh? Long story, I'll tell you later, before it's too late. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. Plus, at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. Can you guess what it is yet? So far, we've talked about water, brown sugar, walnuts, oats, crisped rice cereal, and dried apricots. Listeners, today is day three of Apricot Week. We have a very dry episode lined up for you all today. First up, we make some science sticky in our pressing questions segment. Then it's the survival of the pittest in our wild card. Let's head to the theme. Looks good. I bet it tastes good. Ooh. Love a farmhouse style interior. Mystery recipe. So, Mitzi, how are you a soon-to-be monster? Molly, it's all over for me. I was hanging out with Chan's dog, Grover, and he was just playing, but he bit me. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Mitzi. Did it hurt? Oh, no, not at all. He was just being silly, but now I'm doomed. I think I'm missing something. Molly, have you not heard of wear mitts? I know a lot of people wear mitts. No, Molly, wear mitts. It's like a werewolf oven mitt. I see. But I don't think Chad's dog Grover is a werewolf. What about Grover? Hi, Chad. Hi, Molly. Hi, Mitzi. Hey, Mitzi, is everything okay? Of course everything's okay. Why wouldn't everything be okay? Because last night you were playing with Grover at my house, and then suddenly you ran home screaming, Oh, no, 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 oh, no. Over and over again. Oh, yeah, that. I was just explaining to Molly what were-mitts are. Like a werewolf oven mitt? Exactly. You know about were-mitts? No, but the name is pretty self-explanatory, Molly. Anyway, what you don't know about were-mitts is that us oven mitts are especially susceptible to werewolf bites, even if a dog has tiny, tiny traces of werewolf DNA that go back generations. It's enough to turn us into a were-mitt. And you think Grover might be descended from a werewolf? Well, that's the thing. I don't know. Does he ever get a little weird during full moons? He's sort of always a little bit weird. Is he vicious? Not a word I'd use to describe him. Does he hate silver? Does he hate silver? Huh. You know, I don't think I own anything silver. I've got more of a a farmhouse aesthetic, that kind of thing. Love a farmhouse-style interior. Me too. I've got this beautiful old ladder that I'm using to hang my blankets on. It adds this Okay, we're getting a little distracted here. Sorry, sorry. No, I, I don't think Grover descended from werewolves, but I adopted him, and so I don't really know much about his past, uh, so it is possible, I guess. Gah, Chad, not helpful. Okay, I need to think. Oh, you know who loves spooky monster stuff and might be helpful? Uh, this isn't spooky monster stuff, this is my life! Sorry. 
But who? Andrea. Okay, that's a place to start. I'll be back. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And there she goes. Well, Chad, are you here for pressing questions? I am. We might as well get started while we wait to hear from Mitzi. Pressing Questions, listeners, is a segment where we answer a question from a young chef using science. Here's how it will work. We are going to talk to a kid recipe tester in their home and go step-by-step through each part of an experiment. And when we're done and our episode is over, we encourage all of you to recreate the science for yourselves in your own recipe lab. And don't forget to tell us how it went. You can send us an email at mysteryrecipe at americastestkitchen.com. I'll go through everything you send us. We are so excited to hear from you. So, should we get started with today's question? Let's hear it. What's the difference between a regular apricot and dried apricots? When would you use one and not the other? That was Kylie and Jace from Maryland. Great question, Kylie and Jace. We have a very fun taste test in order to help us get to the bottom of this one. Here's what you'll need. One ripe apricot per tester, two to three dried apricots per tester, and one glass of water. Listeners, one thing to keep in mind with apricots is that they are a seasonal fruit. That means they don't grow fresh all year round. We actually recorded this episode in late September after apricot season was over, so we weren't able to get fresh apricots for this experiment. Because of that, we are going to use dried plums and ripe plums for this experiment. The science will be the same, even though we are using a different fruit. I called up Kylie and Jace to get started. How's it going, Kylie and Jace? It's going great. It's going great! Sounds like it's going really good. I'm excited to hear it. So you both wanted to know what the difference was between regular fruit and dried fruit. Is that right? Yes. Well, dried fruits are dried. And that's our experiment. Thank you so much for coming today. You're welcome. I'm kidding. Obviously, we know that dried fruits are going to be dried, right? Because that's right in the name. But we're going to learn a little bit about what a dried fruit is and how it affects their taste. So we're going to start with the guess. What do you think the difference is going to be between a dried fruit and a fresh or ripe fruit? A fresh fruit will take fresh and right off the tree. Okay, so it's going to taste fresher than a dried fruit would? Yes. Great, that's great. What other guesses might you have? A fresh fruit might be juicy. These are wonderful thoughts. The only thing left for us to do is find out, and we sent you some plums. Do you guys have those nearby? We got them, yeah. Got them, that's great. Listeners at home, if you want, you can use a paring knife, or your grown-ups can use a paring knife to carefully cut these plums in half. Um, So in order to do that, you would go right down the center to the pit and turn the plum in a circle vertically around up and down and not left to right. And then we'll also get one of those dried plums. And so you can have one of the dried plums out and next to you as well. So are you both ready for our taste test? Yes. Yes. Let's do it. All right. So let's go ahead and we're going to take a few bites of the ripe plum. And when you're taking those bites, think about a couple things. Think about the texture, which is how it feels in your mouth. And think about the flavor, which is what it tastes like. Mm, it's like wet in my mouth and very, very juicy. Um, it tastes like a little sour. It's not my favorite. Okay, that's fair. 
So let me ask you this. How strong was the taste on a scale of one to five? So one is not very strong at all. And five is a really, really strong taste. It's two. It's three. Great. So we have a two and a three. So kind of strong, not really that strong of a flavor. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So now we want to take a second, let our taste buds reset. If you have maybe a glass of water, you can take a sip of water. And we are going to try our second taste test in just a second here. Okay. Perfect. So now we are going to try one of the dried plums. So when you're tasting it, think again about the texture, what it feels like in your mouth, and think about the flavor. Okay. It kind of tastes like a raisin, and it's stronger and mushier. Um, I love it. So Jace, you didn't love the last one, but you do love this one. Yes. Amazing. So we think the taste is different or the same? Different. Different. Okay. And how strong is that taste? Again, a scale of one to five. It's five. Five. So this is a lot stronger taste than the ripe or the fresh fruit, right? Yes. Yes. Perfect. Nice work, friends. Molly! Chad! Hey, Mitzi. Did you find Andrea? I did. And she said the only way to know if I'm a werebit is to wait for the next full moon. Oh, man. When's that? Like three weeks from now. Yikes. That's kind of a long time. You're telling me. I feel like it's been three weeks already, and this just happened last night. So you think you just have to wait it out? I think I might have to. Hey, try and distract me so I'm not thinking about it. That'll make time go faster. Well, Kylie, Jace, and I were about to get into the science behind fresh versus dried plums. The dried ones are dried. Yes, we know that. We were going to go a little bit deeper than that. Ugh, great distraction. Not. Ugh, let's just talk about the dried fruit, please. Before we do, it's time for a quick word from our sponsors. Grownups, these ads are for you. I'm excited to tell you about our latest partner, Go Noodle. Go Noodle shares videos and games that get kids up and moving and develop their wellness, mental health, and resilience. They are in millions of homes and more than 90% of U.S. public and private elementary schools. And now you and your kids can find videos from ATK Kids on their website that make exploring the science behind food and cooking fun. Together, we are excited to encourage a new generation of empowered cooks, engaged eaters, and curious experimenters with videos all about recipes, experiments, and other dynamic kitchen how-tos. Kids love Go Noodle because it's fun. Teachers love it because it engages students. And we think you'll love it too. To learn more, visit GoNoodle.com. Hey, grown-ups. We wanted to tell you all about another way you can explore the kitchen with the young chefs in your life. My first cookbook from America's Test Kitchen Kids. This cookbook is designed to introduce kids ages 5 to 8 to the kitchen, along with their grown-ups, with as much mixing, rolling, scrunching, and squishing as possible. Our producer Chad has never had a cookbook of his own before, so we thought we'd put some of these recipes to the test. We made the No Bake Energy Bites, a perfect after-school snack that you can make just the way your young chef likes it. Yeah, as this... long as you have the base of the nut butter and the oats, you can add other dried fruit, you could add coconut, you can do nuts like sliced almonds. Amazing. There really are endless possibilities. Yeah, this is great. This is just a ball of ingredients. 
<laughs> it, it is a ball of ingredients. <laughs> Delicious one. Amazing. Yeah, I guess just is a little. <laughs> well, I mean, really, all food is just a ball of ingredients That's when you true. think about it. Yeah. Isn't life just a ball of ingredients? It's gotten really you know? deep here. It's just uh, what you get from my first cookbook. <laughs> Life philosophy. Yeah, really get to and dig really deep. really simple recipes. Perfect for kids ages 5 to 8. Get the energy for those big talks, you know. Check out this recipe and so many more in my first cookbook from America's Test Kitchen Kids, which you can find wherever books are sold. And we're back. And we're back. And I'm back too, and still in one piece for now. Yes. So, before the break, Kylie and Jace and I were discussing the difference between dried and fresh fruits, in this case plums, since apricots were not in season. But we're going to apply what we learned in this experiment to apricots, since it's apricot week. We found that flavor is stronger in dried apricots than in fresh ones, which is due to something called concentration. In cooking and in science, Concentration means the amount of something in a certain space. So in a square inch of fresh plum, for example, there are less flavor molecules and more water. But when you take that water away, you're left with more tightly packed flavor molecules. Oh, I see. When you remove the water from an apricot by dehydrating it, you leave behind the flavor compounds and they all squish together. That's right. In with the vitamins and minerals too. Except for vitamin C. Oh? The heating process, which is how many fruits are dried, actually damages vitamin C, but most of the other vitamins and nutrients stay intact. The other big difference that Kylie and Jace noticed was the texture. That's right. The fresh plums were juicy and the dried plums were chewy and drier or tough. Right. In order to understand this, we needed to know a little bit about cell walls. Oh, cell walls, like the prison I will build for myself and use every full moon so that I don't harm those I love the most from now until the end of time? Um, yeah. So, every living thing, including apricots and plums and people, are all made of cells. Cells are like little building blocks of life, filled with protein and sugar and water, and they have cell walls that keep all the cells together. Apricots are made of lots of cells. Those cells have water in them, all held together by cell walls. Right. So a ripe apricot or a ripe plum has cells that are full of water. And it looks plump and juicy and it's soft and squishy because all those cells are filled with water. Makes sense. When apricots are dehydrated or dried, that water is removed. And those cells and their cell walls sort of collapse in on themselves. Kind of like if the walls of a room fell down and piled on top of each other. Huh. Which makes the dried apricot smaller and all shriveled up. Right. And tough and gives it more of a bite or a chew. Interesting. So when might you want to use one versus the other? Well, I think texture is a big part of it. For some things like pie or pancakes, you might want soft and juicy fresh fruit because the texture works better in that kind of dish. But dried fruits last longer than fresh ones do, like we learned in the sustainable solution this season. So, as a snack or in a trail mix, dried fruits might be the way to go. It's up to you. But knowing what makes them different is a good place to start when you're deciding which one to use. Wow, that was great! Thanks for really breaking down the cell walls of my confusion there, Chad! Of course, and a big thank you to Kylie and Jace for the questions and for their help on this experiment. 
Okay, goodbye. Okay. Thank Bye. you so much. Thank you so much. Well, that distracted me for a couple minutes, but now that the segment's over, I'm once again filled with the existential dread of not knowing whether or not I am a monster. Wait a minute. I think I have an idea. Yeah? I'll be back. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, whoa, no, whoa, whoa, no. Where are no, you going? Oh, no. Andy's gone. Sigh. We could go to our next segment? Yeah, okay. Listeners, it's time for our wild card. Every week we like to end things off with something wacky in our wild card, and today is no different. Enjoy! Welcome back to Naked and a Fruit. Two strangers, both apricots, have chosen to put their skills to the ultimate survival test. We can do this, one day at a time. They have no water, no food, and no clothes. Which is pretty normal, because we're apricots. Their challenge is to survive for 21 days, knowing that the average fruit is rather delicate and has lots of natural predators. Get away from me, birds! Get away! This is the ultimate survival challenge. Can two apricots survive alone in the heat of the Sahara Desert? This is Naked and a Fruit. Fruit was not meant to grow here. Will apricots Appy and Scott be able to survive 21 hot, blistering days in the unforgiving sun of the Sahara Desert? They will be naked. Which is pretty normal because fruits just usually are. But they'll have nothing but their own rinds and wits to help them find water, build shelter, and withstand the elements. And not just the elements. The Sahara Desert is home to animals like the fennec fox, cheetah, and African silverbill. Appy is an accountant by day and a survivalist by night. Don't let her delicate, squishy exterior fool you. Underneath is a hard pit that knows what it takes to survive the hot days and cold nights of the desert. Appy starts naked in a fruit with a survival rating of 7.1. Scott is a model. He's done campaigns for Stop and Shop, Fresh Direct, and Fruit of the Loom. He's a picture-perfect apricot, but with no survival training or survival skills whatsoever, Scott starts naked in a fruit with a survival rating of negative four. Day one. Hi, you must be Scott. Yes, hello. Are you the assistant? Oh, thank goodness. I am thirsty. Can I get a Diet Coke with a straw? Room temp, please. Sorry, I'm... I'm not your assistant. I'm on the show with you. You do know what we're doing here, right? Uh, surviving in the desert? Right. There's not going to be any Diet Coke. Well, regular Coke is fine. But please, no Pepsi. Unsure if Scott had any idea what was in store for them, Appy knew it was going to be a long 21 days. On day one alone, she made fire, built a shelter to stay out of the sun, fought off a king cobra that was trying to eat Scott and stopped him from walking directly off a cliff. Oh, right. That's a cliff. Thanks, Annie. It's 
Appy. The next few days proved to be even more of the same. Appy moved their camp to a shadier area, but they still could not avoid the heat. <sighs> Annie? It's Appy. Annie? It's Appy. Where is my Diet Coke, Annie? For the 100th time, there is no Diet Coke. There is no regular Coke, and there is no Pepsi. We are on Naked and a Fruit, and we are supposed to be helping each other survive in the desert. You are a terrible assistant. I am not your assistant. I mean, you know what? Fine, you're right. I am a terrible assistant. If I am doing such a terrible job, you can go and fend for yourself for once. I'm done fighting off rattlesnakes and scorpions. I hope you get eaten by a bird. Well then, I don't know what all that is about, but if you wanted me to go get food, all you had to do was ask. By all means, knock yourself out. Do you think Uber Eats would deliver here? Probably not, I'll have to door dash. Well, let's see here if I go towards... Oh, Eddie, it's a bird. It's got me. It's flying away. Oh, no. Scott, I, I didn't mean it. I didn't really want you to get eaten by a bird. But he did. And Appy was alone with 16 days left on Naked and a Fruit. And honestly, it was way nicer. Huh. I mean, my condolences to Scott's friends and family, of course. But yeah, this is way nicer. Over the next 16 days, Appy built a water purification system, speared several fish, knit herself a sweater out of tumbleweeds, and even built a hot tub for her shelter. By the time her extraction day came, she didn't want to leave. I know I only had to survive 21 days out here, but like, I think I'm good. Good? Yeah, I'm actually gonna stay. Oh. Being an accountant is hard, and I built a hot tub. I'm good. Thanks, though. Well, having survived 21 days and then deciding to permanently move into the desert, Appy's primitive survival rating rose from 7.1 to 90 bajillion. I mean, look at how cool she looks in her hot tub. That makes her the ultimate survivor. This episode is dedicated to the memory of Apricot Scott. Molly, that was fun. But today's episode is almost over, which means so are the distractions. Well, let me ask you this, Mitzi. Is there anything you can do to prevent yourself from becoming a wear-mitt? At this point, I don't think so. Then what's the benefit of stressing out about it? Benefit? Yeah. What good comes from being stressed and upset about it for the next three weeks until you know for sure? Well, I mean, there's no good. It's all decidedly bad. Listen... I know it's easier said than done, but if there's no benefit in worrying about something, then I say do whatever you can not to worry. It's not going to change the outcome. Either you're aware of it or you're not. Either way, you'll still be my friend. Really? Really. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, you're right, Molly. 
So what if I'm a were-mitt? Cousin Carl is a were-mitt, and we still see him all the time. Well, not really all the time, but that's mostly because he's a close talker who doesn't wear deodorant. Not because he's a were-mitt. Thank you, Molly. I really do feel a lot better. Good. I'm glad, Mitzi. Molly, what am I going to do next season when you're not here to talk me out of all my crises? You'll be okay, Mitzi. Besides, Chad is going to need your help solving all his little crises, so I have a feeling you'll stay busy. Hey, Mitzi! Speaking of... Hey. Hi. Okay, sorry. I do not run enough. I am very tired. Chad, what's in your hand? It's a doggy DNA test. I got one for Grover, and I just got the results back. Really? That was fast. Yeah, I told the doggy DNA people that it was an emergency. What kind of emergency would require doggy DNA? I was going to just say crime, but they didn't ask. Anyways, I got his results back. Let's see. 60% schnauzer. Ah, that makes sense because he's got the brown and the black coloring and his long eyebrows and the cute... Keep reading! Right, sorry, sorry. Okay, 39% wired hair terrier, and that makes sense, too. And then 1%... (gasps) What? Oh, wow. What? 1% what? 1% Dalmatian. No way! That is so cute! I would have never guessed that. But he's got such long legs, and for a small dog, that must be it. Okay, that's 100%. That must mean... Oh, right. Yeah, no, no werewolf. dodged a bullet on that one. I would have had to sit next to Carl at the family reunion. Honestly, someone needs to teach that myth the wonders of deodorant. Well, Mitzi, I'm really glad you aren't aware, Mitt, after all. Me too, Molly. Me too. Anyways, listeners, that's all the time we have for today, which means we've come to the end of Apricot Week. And what a week it was! We learned that apricot pits are poisonous, dried fruit lasts longer than fresh fruit, and all about Ramadan. We'll be back next week to talk about another brand new ingredient. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is? So far, we've talked about water, brown sugar, walnuts, oats, crisped rice cereal, and apricots. You'll have to tune in next week to find out what our seventh ingredient will be. If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend. And give us a review. We love the stars, and I like playing that little spot the difference game. Oh, so difficult. Until next time, keep Keep on on cooking. cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Mitzi, and I am a starfruit, and Molly Birnbaum, who is a honey crisp apple. Chad Chennai is a writer and producer. He is a kumquat. Andrea Vavjan is a kanepa, and Katie O'Hara is a lemon, and they are both contributing writers on our show. Audio services are provided by Ultraviolet Audio, with sound design supervision by Matt Boynton. He's a nectarine. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Chester Guazda, a banana. And additional engineering by Eric Gorman, a raspberry. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music, and Jonathan is a mangosteen. Our director of post-production is Hen Margolis. She is a pomegranate. Our director of production is Diane Knox, who is also a dragon fruit. 
Fact-checking by Julia Arwin, a watermelon. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher, and she's a blueberry. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a mango. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's also a raspberry. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, art director, Gabby Hamanoff, deputy food editor, Afton Cyrus, associate editors, Andrea Vavjan, Katie O'Hara, and Tess Berger, editorial assistant, Julia Arwin, photo test cook, Ashley Stoyanov, test cook, Faye Yang, and managing producer, Yumi Araki. This episode features the voices of Kira O'Sullivan, Brian Green, Gina DeMay, and Yorgos Severnides. Thanks again to our sponsor, Driscoll's. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. So, Mitzi, does this mean that you're going to come back and play with Grover again sometime? Uh, I'm thinking maybe not. He was a little bitey. You, you know, not usually, but I think it's because you kind of look like a dog toy. Excuse me? Like a nice dog toy, like a cute and fun dog toy, you know, like a handmade bougie dog toy. Ah, yeah. Now I'm definitely not coming over. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts. And we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. Thank you.